Welcome to the Midman Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey, everyone. Jay here with the Medman Podcast. In part one of this interview, we talked about starting up a mobile medicine clinic. Now we're going to jump into part two, where Scott dives into how to earn trust from your new team. Scott, thanks for joining us again. Glad to be back. To start off, you know, we, we kind of give a soft question here just about just about you and, and industry and things like that. But we know that healthcare can be extremely demanding. And what do you do to, to keep your fire lit, to keep, keep moving? Right now, that's a tough one, given everything going on in this pandemic that uh, I think it's pushing all of us to our, our limits as far as how much we need to embrace what's going on and work on our own you know, coping mechanisms for stress and, and whatnot. But right now, more than ever, our role as, as administrators is to help keep practices open and operational so we can take care of patients. And as we're seeing right now, that is more prevalent and, and more important than, than before. So I spend a lot of time with my dogs <laughs> and working with them is my way of decompressing and keeping things going internally. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and you know, just, just cause I know you a bit, certainly the the challenge and the complexity of, of what you do is the ultimate driver, right? And then right. then finding those other release points that that you can balance the stress that comes from it. Absolutely. And that's what I find, you know, most administrators, you know, you're all problem solvers. And, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, every single day, there's there's many of those. And, you know, the fortunate part is that you, you can never get bored in the role, but at times it certainly is draining. And, you know, fortunate, those dogs are fortunate for you too, I must say. We need more people that care about those puppies is, you know. So we talked in the first episode about a success. Now we're going to jump into a not success, which, you know, sometimes we can call failures. Talk to us about, about something in your career that, that you've learned a lot from that you didn't do so well. So as I've progressed in my career, my different paths, most of the, the progression has been out of need for the organization. One of the pieces that I usually get involved in is if there's problems, insignificant problems. To come back, to come in and evaluate and take a different approach to try and make things better, whether it's a culture issue, whether it's a political issue, whether it's a financial issue, just to try and come in and identify where the problems are and make things better. What I learned early on was the passion to do that led me to fail. (laughs) Um, in, In coming in with an objective of, hey, we have a problem, we need it fixed. I'm a fixer. So my mentality is, all right, let's get in, let's get going. And what I figured out early on was that coming in and hitting the ground running creates instability. And it took many, many, many (laughs) trial and errors in trying to learn how to do a better job with that. And what it comes down to is coming in and even if they're people you've been around and know you very well, you're in a new role. So they're a new team to you. And especially if you've never met them before. So coming in and and taking a step back, letting people get to know you a little bit and ultimately building your building trust with them. And early on, I learned that trust is, is key to everything. I, uh, 
took that for granted a lot in my earlier earlier days. And then the other part of that is recognizing that trust doesn't mean that people are going to like you and it's not about being liked. And so really trying to find that nice balance of having people that may not like you, but at least they don't not trust you. I think that sounds weird, but it's, it's really about building that trust first and then working on fixing whatever the problems are as you, as you go. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, the problems don't get fixed by one person. Right. And so if, if you don't have alignment, then, you know, you're, you're certainly working on an uphill battle. Can you share any particular story, you know, through stories, it's oftentimes easier to see and, and get a point. Can you look back and, and think of a, a story that might highlight this? Yeah, I had brand new into the position I was in. I walked into a meeting with this high hope of, all right, I will just let people talk about their concerns and then we'll fix them. We'll identify them, we'll talk about them, we'll fix them. And so went into this meeting. I had the meeting set up at a different venue than our normal meetings. Uh, so it would be just kind of a different pace. And we had no agenda other than it was just going to be a kind of an open discussion, kind of like a town hall, a little bit like a town hall. And I had this idea that we were all going to get in there. There was about 50, a little over 50 of us. And it was going to be an open discussion about frustrations and concerns. And then it would turn into a progressive would progress into a problem-solving session. We could all talk together. And what I learned in the first 10 minutes was it was a gripe session that then turned into people complaining about each other and then poking fingers at each other and blaming each other. And it was the worst (laughs) experience there was. And I could not get control of it until I finally said, okay, let's just be done. Um, And what I took from that and, and did a lot of reading and reflecting after that was... A, there was, there was no context to what we were trying to accomplish. And it showed me how pent up everybody's level of frustration was, that, they, that it really it was just a venting session, which was fine, except for venting sessions I needed to have a little better control over, as well as limit that down so you don't have 50 people venting off each other, because then it just gets in the mob mentality. Great story. You know, so let's just kind of keep going with that. You know, as your career progressed, what then was, was the next iteration of problem solving, at, at least how, how you went about it? So I, after that experience specifically, I took a step back and I talked to some of my mentors from across the country and got turned on to a, a few different resources and people. And so I did, I had one of my mentors, he is a big fan of and a big proponent of um, Covey's Speed of Trust. So I actually went through and did the leading and working at the Speed of Trust course. It was a week long. And then I took more specific to the discipline I was in, took some other courses. And one of the things that one of my other mentors took me to was this kind of roundtable. And and it was what I was trying to accomplish, but I didn't do it right. And it was putting some boundaries, but letting people just speak. And so when I went to this seminar, we sat around, there was actually 70 of us. We sat around and they, they had this kind of microphone-like thing. And when you had the microphone, it was your turn. And they would ask a very specific question and then let everybody respond to it. And then ask another very specific question and let everybody respond to it. And after about an hour, what we saw were people were in kind of the same mindset. The barriers were down. And so people were more open, but it wasn't about attacking. And so it ended up being six hours of back and forth conversation 
where we really got to get to the bottom of issues and concerns people had, but in a non-threatening way. And so I've taken a lot from that and tried to incorporate that into how I do things now. Interesting. So it was really structure dependent. Yes. And through that structure allowed for certainly better results. Absolutely. And it was, it showed me that a group of people, so we did this on the very first night of this, this course I went to, and it was, there were 70 of us. We came from all across the country. I knew three people in there, but within that night, there was a level of trust that was built amongst each other because of that structure. There was no attacks on anybody it wasn't about blaming anybody. And so we were able to, you know, kind of have this feeling that even though you didn't know these people, it was a safe place to be and a safe, safe place to be open where you weren't going to be attacked and you weren't going to attack other people. It was very powerful. Yeah, it sounds that, you know, put it in a clinical setting or, or you know, a practice administrator setting. How have you incorporated that into your meetings or, or how you interact with staff or providers? Yeah, it, it's come down to setting guidelines at first and boundaries. And letting, you know, setting the tone for this is what we're going to do and this is the goal. And then also having the ability to stop somebody in the midst of it. If they're kind of getting out of line um, and not sitting within the objective and following kind of the tone in what we want is, is in, a, in a, you know, a positive way, bringing them back to focus. And, um, you know, it is always a work in progress and, and it's, it's about learning people and and having a good understanding of what's going on to facilitate that and incorporate the the tools of that even in an everyday life. I have a, you know, at this at this practice I'm in, as you know, it's I am me and about 60 female providers and staff members. So I've taken a different approach in trying to be very approachable and not quote unquote boss-like when it comes to people needing to talk about problems. And so I try to have a, a quote-unquote open-door policy where people can come in and talk about anything they want and they feel okay about it. And what I've seen since starting here is that more and more we're able to talk about even non-work-related things and get, you know, even just the ability for, for them to feel comfortable venting about something going on in their personal life or coming and talking about something that's going on in their professional life and just wanting to have a sounding board that they feel comfortable with. But then also, if there's a problem, being able to work through it together and give some suggestions, give some ideas. And then if there's been problems with, you know, more on the interpersonal side within colleagues and whatnot, is trying to facilitate that same discussion, but at a very small scale of let's not attack each other. Let's communicate and figure out where are we off? Where are things not going well? And how do we fix it? And sometimes it's a matter of just getting, getting them to recognize that um, sometimes personalities are personalities. And if your personalities don't match and they don't mesh, then probably sh- should just learn how to work together and keep personalities away right. <laughs> because they don't, they don't match. Yeah, it seems you know, too often that we bypass intention and look at the process or, or the vehicle in which one takes to get somewhere, mm-hmm. which really is, you know, the wrong way of doing it because most of the time everyone wants to work and get along and, and have a good place, you know, to work. And sometimes we forget that because my path looks different than your path. And certainly that, w- that helps set the stage for, for a very good conversation or, or you know, a good, um, a good path to, to trying to solve problems. Yeah. And recognizing that there's a, you know, a hundred different ways to skin a cat. Not that I want to skin cats, but there's a hundred different ways to skin a cat. And 
it's okay. And, and really, and I think not only in healthcare, but just as a society right now, we all could take a step back and recognize that there are going to be people that don't agree with you. And that's fine. They're not wrong and you're not wrong. It's just a difference in opinion. And that's okay. We don't all have to agree. If we all agreed and we're all the same, it'd be pretty boring. <laughs> totally. Totally. So before we, we wrap this section up, I, I want to ask a question here. And sometimes it's hard to know you're in the middle of, you know, in a path on, on a path that isn't going to serve you well. Are there any things that you can pull out as signs that, you know, maybe someone's jumping in and rushing things a little too fast in the sense of trust building or, you know, getting everyone aligned? Can you think back and say, hey, if you see this or that, you're probably going a little too fast, slow down, think about trust first, then solving all the problems? For me, it's all about feeling. And, and I know that that sounds weird, but I go off what, what the pulse is. And sometimes it's having, you know, um, little conversations with people that you can and not direct conversations, but try and get a pulse on what's going on. And part of, you know, for me, I've been fortunate that I, because I have a clinical background and I have, have the other backgrounds, I can work in the clinic or work in the you know, field or whatever and get a pulse by just working with people on what it is. And I think it's, I think that's the, the biggest thing is being open to having a pulse on what's going on and really being open to recognizing that it may be you causing some tension and not thinking, and I, I learned the lesson too of, well, I'm the boss. This is how it's supposed to go. There's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. And I certainly have made those mistakes, but it's really opening up your eyes to what's going on and, and what is the temperature of your team. And recognizing, again, my lesson learned hard way for me, that there are just always going to be some people that you're not going to make happy. And one of the lessons I learned early on was I used to use that as my barometer for how I was doing or how, how, the, how I was doing, how I was performing, was trying to make that group, that small subset of people that are just never going to be happy, to try and make them happy. It was like my personal mission. And what I found was it then led to creating issues and impacting the 99% of the rest of the group or the 95% of the rest of the group. And it actually made things worse. And so putting your attention and putting your focus into the 90% goes a long ways and it, it, it helps you build that 90%'s trust. Excellent. And you speak about pulse. What I ultimately think about is, you know, just getting outside of the four walls of your office. And you can do that different ways. You can do that by getting up and walking around. You can do that by, you know, jumping into to a seat and performing it. Or you can talk to people and try to, you know, view view the the clinic through their eyes. And certainly it's important because, you know, too many times there's decisions made in an office or a boardroom that don't have the perspective and understanding of, of what's going on the ground level. And even having your your office Anyone and Jay, we've been on calls where people are walking in my office all the time. That to me demonstrates also part of that as well, which is there's not a, I mean, there's, there's a fear because, you know, it's just inherent nature of you're going to the boss's office, but the amount of people that come in to talk, that need a question, that, that whatever, that also can lead to some of the temperature of the group where you're like, okay. Not just sitting in here and I have to go physically find people. There are a lot of people that come in um, to just even just talk and check in. So yeah, absolutely. And with that, right, the the higher frequency, then all of a sudden you, you've got more data to know if hey something just seems a little bit off, and it might not be them actually 
saying, hey, I'm coming in here to tell you about a problem. You can just say, you know, you're acting a little different than normally. You know, what's going on? And, Absolutely. And easier to see that when, when there's consistency around, you know, your interactions rather than, you know, once a month I'm going to go around and wave to everybody certainly is, right. is different than having the, that connection and, and really noticing. Yeah, and I think now more than ever, given everything going on with the pandemic and everything, people are, are missing that personal connection. And there's a fundamental part of us that need that, no matter if it's you know a work person or a, a personal friend, we need that personal connection. And I think now more than ever, is, it's important to, to have that, obviously staying within acceptable boundaries of a professional relationship, but having some sort of personal connection on a professional level is key. It's huge. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, the first couple of months, I, I was pretty excited just staring at a computer screen all day long and, and not have, having outside meetings person to person because I was getting so much stuff done. But but yeah, now now it's certainly past you know the honeymoon stage of of me just getting stuff done and, and it's it's wearing down. It's it's I think it's wearing everyone down. And um, important to focus on real people, real life as much we can. Right. Well, Scott, I want to say thank you for hanging out with all of us. It, you know, it was it was our pleasure and everything you shared. I know that our listeners are going to get a lot of value. So thank you. All right. Thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Scott. For the show notes, transcripts, material from the show, and everything else MedMan does, head over to our website at medman.com. Remember, we'll be here twice a week sharing insights, ideas, and tools to help you level up your practice. Thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for tuning into the MedMan podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com. Thank you.